guys, we do stupid things at every stage. Oh, right, time. right. Well, in her 20s, it's, there's a comedian, who's, one of my favorite lines is, you know, most trips to the emergency room for guys begins with the words, hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> I think the menopause years really, in, in most ways, can be the best years yep. of our lives. Yep. If we choose yes. to make them yep. the best years yes, of our lives. Yes, I agree. make those I decisions. Agree. Hi, everybody. Larry and Mike here again for another Manipod podcast. We have a special guest today, Dan Ashley. He's the premier anchorman at the ABC station here in San Francisco. We're in his house interviewing him. And he's a menopause man and a renaissance man. And Mike's going to tell you why. Well, I think you're a renaissance man because uh, we didn't have another title for you. But then I said, well, why don't we call you a menopause man? Because that's what you truly are. You're going through menopause, right? Sure, yes. Life over 50. That's it. So you're experiencing that, but you also do it in a, in a different way. You're, you're really living your passion. And you probably have been for many, many years. But now you're doing something, or it, since 2015, Rock the Casa is your nonprofit charity with, uh, for helping children in need. And you do it here in the Bay Area, right? And you have rock stars that come and play and donate guitars and signatures on guitars that we're going to show you in a minute. But that is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks, Mike and Larry. Great to be on. Uh, great to be with you. Thanks for calling me a menopause man. You, know, you are the man. I say life over 50. It's getting close to life at 60. Uh, yeah, my Rock the Castle charity is something that, that I founded in 2015 uh, to help kids in need. You know... Those of us who've been so fortunate uh, have, to me, an obligation to give back. In my job as the anchor at ABC7 in San Francisco gives me a unique place in the community and a unique platform for which I'm always incredibly grateful. And I've been involved in philanthropy my whole life, uh, and I've been on the boards of several charities that help underserved kids in need. I thought a few years ago, with a passion as well for music, how can I combine those two things? So I created Rock the Casa to support some of these organizations that I serve as a board member that help kids. So we have these great headliners put on a rock show every year. That is fantastic. So who have you had? Well, we started with uh, the first year with Eddie Money because mm. he's a good friend of mine. Sadly, we lost Eddie yeah. a, year, mm. a, couple, a year or two ago. And um, I reached out to Eddie and he always calls me Danny. Danny, sure. I'm, you know, so I, he, with his New Jersey <laughs> accent um, and... I asked him to headline, and he came up and did a great job. People loved it, and so we were off and running. And the next year, I had Ario Speedwagon, and I became friends with those guys. Great guys. Then Cheap Trick, another favorite. Wow, line. I mean, phenomenal, right? Uh, and and we we had it at the Lesher Center in Walnut Creek, which is a, a this theater that we use is eight hundred seventy five seats. So I wanted to give people a chance to see these great bands in a really intimate setting. There's not a bad seat in the house. You're right there. Uh, we had uh, Melissa Etheridge the year after that. She's wow, wow. She yeah. was a phenomenal lady, an unbelievable singer. Uh, and so I try to mix it up, too, with different kinds of music. Melissa Etheridge, uh, I had uh, uh, right one year before, one week, rather, before we locked down for COVID, Rick Springfield was the headline. Right? Yeah, he's and cool. He was yeah. great yeah. live. And we had... We had a great time. Last year, we did uh, Chuck Lavelle, another dear friend of mine, who's a longtime music director and keyboardist for the Rolling Stones, but that was virtual because we couldn't be together. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are you doing this year for it? You know, I'm in the process of securing a headliner. I'm going to do another virtual event. Uh, I just decided not to do an in-person event. I played year. bass in a high school uh, band, and I think you were a drummer, weren't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. We're there. Yeah. We've got it. It's staying, and we're, we're golden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our little band just got formed. There you go. <laughs> don't right. let him sing. Whatever you do. Why not? Bass players don't <laughs> sing. They hum a few bars, but, but they don't sing. sing. But, um, you know, uh, I want to get more into the charity thing, but also I want to uh, talk about you really sort of stepping up your musical career, which obviously has been a passion of yours for a while. And now that you're kind of getting into that menopause age, you apparently have decided, hey, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do some stuff. And you have a an album that you just released. Um, let me get it here. 
Here it is. Here it is. See? Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. And these are signed. Everybody gets a signed, <laughs> yes, a signed awesome. version. Out there. Uh, now, did you write all the songs? I wrote, there's 11 songs on that uh, album. I wrote a, 10 of them with my writing partner and friend, Bill Bentley, who performs with me as well, or incredibly talented uh, musician and, and uh, producer. And one of the songs was written by a friend of mine and a music consultant to me who wrote this song with his writing partner 20 years ago. Wow. It's never wow. been covered. The, uh, the writing partner, they released a lot of material and it tells the immigration story of America. Wow. It's about that. Hmm. So the rest of the songs I wrote, and they're all about real Which things. song is that? It's called Better Life. Better Life. It's okay. the one yeah. that is about the immigration yeah, story. The, the, the songs are really good. I mean, they're, they're, uh, the words are, are, are deep. And the melodies are good. And by the way, it's available, I think, on iTunes. Yes, um, thanks, Larry. Yeah. Wherever you buy music. Yeah, wherever you buy it. Uh, yeah. And um, Tower Records. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Virgin Records. Virgin Records. Record bars. Yeah, something like that. Um, but but it, it's been fairly recent uh, over the last several years that you've really sort of decided to to go deep into this, right? It is. That's exactly right. You know, I had kind of an amateur band a few years ago when we played around a lot here in the Bay Area. And then I, I had the opportunity to work with a music producer who uh, worked for as a, as a talent development person for two couple of major labels. And he had a kind of an idea for me, a vision for me. So he helped me put together an amazing band of touring pros uh, lead guitarist that toured with Mariah Carey, my drummer toured with Santana. Wow. Uh, keyboardist toured with Isaac Hayes. You know, these are top flight guys and, and ladies. We have a phenomenal bass player. And uh, he just had a different idea for me. So I kind of took it to a different place yeah. and a new level. And I grew as a singer and I'm trying to grow all the time and as a songwriter. And the key for me, guys, was to harness the experiences I've had in my life as a journalist and as a person, and write authentically yes. about things that I see or experienced or, or have watched happen. And so the songs, really most of them have, have real meaning. I thought in order to be uh, taken seriously and to, and to try to touch people and reach people with this music, it has to be authentic. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I like the what really matters. That's my favorite. Isn't I listened really to the whole thing. Oh, thank you. And I don't know, there's something about that. It just struck me, and I wanted to find out what was your inspiration for that You know, song. I hear that all the time with that song, and I love that song, but it was one of the first songs I wrote some time ago, so you sort of focus on things you did later. What Really Matters is uh, the title of a weekly commentary that I do on ABC7 News. Uh, that it's, it's a commentary that provides some perspective on events in the news. Mm -hmm. It's not political, but it... it, it kind of things to think about and, and to take away from what's been going on. I used to write a couple of, uh, a column by the same name in a couple of local papers. So I thought as the first song I'm gonna write is this solo artist, <laughs> what better thing to write about than right. the same tying into what I do on television, what really matters. And the lyrics in that song say things like, I've seen the camps with my own eyes, referring right. to going to Auschwitz with mm -hmm. Holocaust survivors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen houses burn, hurricanes churn. But the positive message is, which is absolutely true, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm always a glass half full person, is that all of these things I've seen, even going to the Columbine massacre the day right. that night it happened, good always triumphs over evil. Uh, out of people always rise above and help one another. And, it's always the, the takeaway for me, even in horrible situations, is usually positive in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's what the song is. So the thing is, is, you know, everything in its time is what people say, right? Right. So probably a lot of the insights and the depth of, of the words that you've been writing would not have been possible 25, 30 years ago because you didn't have the life experience that you get as you get into menopause and you can look back and all the things you've gone through and and suffered through and triumphed over, that makes good fodder for songwriting or, or any kind of writing. You know, it absolutely does. We're all in those menopause years. And, yeah. and you know, imagine if you tried to do menopause in your 30s. Right. Or, or even no, doing this no sense. podcast, right. the right. great things you guys are doing on the menopause website, 
age brings perspective. Yeah. And and youth brings exuberance and and a can-do attitude and and all that wonderful energy. But we're different people in yes. our 30s, 40s, 50s, and into our 60s. You're absolutely right, Larry. It's a great point. I I could not really have written those lyrics uh years ago. Or if I did, they wouldn't have been with the same authenticity. Right, exactly. Right. You know, it would be sort of parroting. Yeah. You know, or and I, I couldn't have written what I do in my job. The way I approach my work now is very different than it was in my twenties, thirties, and forties. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of menopause, you're going through it, right? Right. Is it real? Is there? Is there? I mean, women go through menopause, and that's totally different. What are men going through? What are you experiencing now that you're forty nine? For the fifth time, <laughs> yeah, I'm celebrating. I guess the uh, ninth anniversary of my 40, 49th birthday. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's such a great question because certainly women have have a, a much different experience, and, and and I know that can be very challenging for a lot of women. But men go through changes too. We go through biological changes, but you also go through psychological and emotional changes as we age. And I think uh, some of the things. Uh, that that I've noticed, that I've experienced, uh, only in the last few years, two or three or four years. You know, once I hitting fifty, I didn't notice any big change. But then you start to look at your life a little differently. Maybe that's why I'm also, you know, focused so much on the charity things that I do. Right. Focused on music. Your perspective changes. I lost my mother four years ago. You know, we're at the age mm-hmm. where, and we were very close. We're at the age where these kinds of life transitions happen, which change your outlook. You begin to think a little bit more about your mortality. Mm-hmm. I just finished doing a whole bunch of <clears throat> tests and the annual checkup, which my last annual checkup was four years ago or three and a half years ago. Now you're suddenly th- realizing, hey, we're playing for keeps here. You got to stay mm-hmm. on top of this stuff. Those changes uh, happen as we enter this stage in life. And that's what we have found is that, you know, menopause, everybody knows, men and women, is real. And it manifests itself differently. You know, like uh, some women go crazy, other women get depressed or whatever. But it's acknowledged by everybody that that happens. Right. With men, it's only now sort of becoming an issue when when a 60-year-old man who's been married for 30 years leaves his wife for a 25-year-old. It's like, God, what a jerk. Right. But now it's sort of like, well, wait a minute. There's something going on that's making him do that, right? There's some hormonal stuff that's happening that makes men do a variety of stupid, stupid things that they don't realize. And it, it's, it's, as, it's as real a medical problem as menopause is. And that's what we're trying to point right, out is, right. men, and men, you know, unlike women who tend to talk to each other honestly, yeah. men are like, no, nah, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm fine, you know? And, and, and that has to change. Men have to feel comfortable talking to each other, saying, hey, I've got ED, or my marriage is falling apart, or I don't know what to do in my business. We've never been able to open up like that. And I think that's but what we're we have. We have. Yeah. We, we do this all the time. And yeah. then we're sitting around going, we're crying Why all you the time. Here? I bring extra tissue for him. <laughs> just because yeah. I we have just, to describe that. You've learned over right. Drooling and tears. Right. And I found him the ED medication. So his life's much better well, now. And right? you know, as a physician, you can. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. No, you know, you guys, it's exactly right. Because uh, we, for a long time, and, and first of all, let me backtrack and say, guys, we do stupid things. At every stage. All the time, right. right. In her 20s, it's, there's a comedian, who's, one of my favorite lines is, you know, most trips to the emergency room for guys begins with the words, hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> you never get a woman to do the dumb things. That right. Right. Uh, but uh, we are supposed to be tough, right? We're supposed to be bulletproof. We're supposed to be uh, impervious to those kinds of emotions. And it can be challenging for a lot of men to talk about it. I'm not shy. I love talking and connecting with people and having these great conversations with men. One of the things, this sounds uh, maybe silly, but one of the best things I think that have happened for men in the last bunch of years is we hug each other. Right. Yeah. It used to be, uh, you know, it's it's a nice affectionate way to greet someone. And I think that has dropped a lot of barriers. And you still see older guys not quite comfortable with that. Younger kids and younger people do all the time. I think that's part of us opening up a little bit, being more truthful with each other and not feeling embarrassed to admit something's wrong or I'm feeling a certain way.
You know, age is really just a number. I can still roar like a lion, dance like a star, and run like a frightened schoolgirl. That's right. I'm a menopause man, over 50, sure. Slower and grayer, perhaps. Hairier in places, well, sadly, yes. But I still have a lot of living to do. So join me at menopause.com. It's a site for men over 50. Chock full of stuff like sex, health, money, travel, entertainment, sports. And did I mention sex? Menopause.com. Come on. Ooh, feel that beats. This is a change that's happening. It's Big really time. starting to happen. And I was on a I was on a, a Zoom cast for International Men's Day yesterday. Oh, and uh, a lot of men. There were probably twenty or thirty men on there, but there were maybe ten or twenty women as well. And they're all in these little squares, and they're all talking. And the women are starting to cry and get you know tears in their eyes really? because men are opening up. And the men were starting to cry. And it was just an amazing thing to see that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you wouldn't see it, right? But now, today, you do see it. So and much more healthy. It's much more healthy. And, you know, men go through depression when they start to age. It's just a thing that they go through. We had a, a doctor on our podcast uh, who was talking about this, and he, he specializes in men over 50. And he said, you know, the, the older you get, the more depressed you get. And there's a lot of suicide going on with men wow. that you don't really hear too much about. Mm. But it happens. And so I think it's super healthy that we get to talk to each other and open up with each other. We're going to live longer. We're going to be happier. And maybe because we're opening up, we're, we our wives will be happier with us and we'll be happier with our the wives because we can be. actually talk about sure. stuff. Let's go overboard. Well, <laughs> but, you know, I just think it, it's, it's a great thing. Right, right. It's yeah. a great Calm down. I think, I think that, that level of communication and understanding with our male friends, but also our spouses, our wives, is critical. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've been reading recently is one of the key factors in people who make it to 100, apparently, I'm speaking like I'm a medical expert, but I'm not, is... <laughs> is how they handle adversity and stress and whether they're able to, and you know, we all know people, I like to think I'm one of them, but we all know people that ride the waves pretty easily. You know, it can, we all go through challenges, mm -hmm. but then you know people who go into the depths of can't get out. Right. That kind of stress kills <clears throat> and shortens life and makes your life less enjoyable. Right. And, and uh, one of the things that I wish for everyone is to be able to, face those kinds of adversities with a bit of a sense of optimism. And part of that is by talking with one another, right. you're not alone. Having a that support. Feeling, yes, mm -hmm. that support, not being isolated. And, and that brings on feelings of depression, anxiety, fear. That adds to our stress level in terms of our lives. Well, the other thing, and, and it couples with what you're, what, what you're doing and what we're doing, and that is, you know, as you, as you approach retirement and you begin to wonder you know, what was the point of my life or what am I going to do now? The whole charitable aspect that you've gotten into and we've gotten into uh, makes such a huge difference in how not only you feel in general, but how you feel about yourself in the world. The fact that it doesn't matter at what level you're giving back or giving back, right? And so all the things that you've organized with, uh, with the, uh, Rock the Casa and stuff, you know, is it the biggest charity in the world? No, but... It, each person that you help, each kid that you help, will always remember that, and, and so will you. And that's that's something we try to convince people uh, on menopause as well is do that. You know, it, it doesn't matter how big. It does, you know, don't say to yourself, "Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to make a difference." Yeah, one thing will oh, make a difference, oh, and right. you get as much out of it Correct. as you give. To be honest, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you guys a quick story. When my kids were little, my two sons, for years. We would make them, not make them, we would take them to a homeless shelter or a kitchen on Thanksgiving, and we work for several hours before coming home and having our meal. Right. And once they became early teenagers, they would grouse about it sometimes. And I remember driving over to the church that was feeding people. It wasn't our church, but just one that did set up a kitchen. They were not really in the mood to do it. And I said, guys, listen, we're fortunate in our lives. We get to travel and we get to go to nice places. 
And not everybody lives like this. It's important to recognize right. that, that people really struggle. Right. And I said, here's what I want you to do. When we get there, I want you to treat these people as if they're guests in the finest hotels, the kind of place you might stay in. And Larry, Mike, I had tears, literally tears in my eyes as I watched them run around at, I think, 11 and 13, run around, sir, can I bring you more water? Ma'am, can I help you? Can you? Would you like some more bread? Yeah. And they served those people. Yeah, that gets you. And I was yeah. standing watching, crying, mm -hmm. tearing, mm -hmm. tearing up, watching that. I thought it was so beautiful. And fast forward years later, my youngest son uh, <laughs> would go pick up, one year he picked up, a homeless guy here in town that he'd seen around a couple of times. He bought him a sandwich or two before and just saw him. He picked him up, took him in his car to Target. I don't know, remember which store. Bought him some food and bought him a bunch of clothes with his own money. Mm -hmm. And and again, talk about a proud papa yep, and Terry. Yep. My oldest son, I found out, had for s several years, two or three years at least, he was working little odd jobs as a high school kid. He would take one paycheck around the holidays at Christmas and go to Toys R Us and spend the whole paycheck. He didn't tell me this. I found out later. Hmm. The whole check, paycheck, buy toys, donate. Yep. And I thought, well, isn't that a beautiful thing? And that's you sowed the seeds. Right. You, you planted right. the seeds. Well, you're kind of saying so. Yeah. I'd like to think right. so. But, yeah. they, but they, you know, it, it comes down to the character that they have in their hearts. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. mm -hmm. and I know the, the opportunities. Look, we've all been very fortunate. We have nice careers, good jobs. We're comfortable. And it, it's, it can be easy to forget that, you know, some people struggle often through no fault of their own. They had just get a series of bad breaks, maybe some right. bad decisions and all that. But boy, the joy of helping them. Yep. And, and these kids that we help, I host a golf tournament and I've hosted it for Friends at Camp Concord. I'm on the board of that for 26 years. And we send underserved kids to summer camp. And last year before COVID, we sent in the time that I've hosted this golf tournament a 10,000th kid wow. up to wow. summer camp at Lake Tahoe. These are kids that would not get this experience. You know, city That's kids. a great course up there. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah. up there. Mm -hmm. And they get these are kids that wouldn't get this opportunity. They meet counselors from around the world. Yeah. Maybe it's their first time away from mom and dad. Uh, they learn skills, archery, canoeing, water skiing, and they get to experience the great outdoors, no cell phones. They make friendships for life, some of them. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we're proud to be able to do that because yeah. every kid ought to have a chance to do that at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to ask about the, the menopause, back to the menopause thing for a second, which gets your juices going <laughs> and, and things that you can do. When you were young, you probably, I, I don't know about this, but I never traveled with my friends, with my guy friends, right? It was always family, 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 family. We discovered hanging out together and we started doing guys trips at 50, 50 years old, oh, right? Great. And there's something so rewarding about that. And I just want to ask you, do you Especially ever the do spooning. that? Yeah. The spooning <laughs> the is spooning like totally rewarding. Uh, it's cold night. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I understand, Larry. But I, you know, that it's, it, it, oh, it changed my outlook on, on life yeah. really by hanging out with my friends at an older age where because you do that, you get to experience different things. You, it's a different. Yeah. It's a, you know, it, it it's a great point. My wife Angela and I love to travel and love to be together, and so we and we look forward to doing a lot more of that in those retirement years and the in the years ahead, the decade ahead, or whenever that happens. But the the chance to go with your guy friends, and I've done mm -hmm. it a number of times. Golf trip to Scotland with just four right, guys. Right. We went to Ireland. I don't know six or seven years ago. Uh, four of us as well, and or another dear buddy of mine uh, who lives in Phoenix. We we haven't done that lately because he has little kids, but we'll get back to taking those weekend three day golf trips. Mm -hmm. Guys interact differently with one another. Oh yeah, it's just us. Oh yeah, and, and sometimes in a bad way, but usually in a good way. Yeah, we just yeah. communicate in a in a just a, a different way that we can bond. You know, yeah. in, in, in a unique way, and it's. It's incredibly important to do that because that's when you deepen your friendships. Correct. That's when right. you break down barriers about talking about things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our fathers didn't talk as openly about things oh, that, at all. That, as we do now. Yeah. Not at all. And our grandfathers, 
nothing. It was a sign of weakness. Right. It was a sign of weakness, and and just they weren't comfortable. But the interesting, uh, we have a funny story. (laughs) I knew when I brought this up. You. We went to uh, the Stein Erickson uh, Resort, and it was a guy's trip in in, in Deer Valley, and uh, the three of us went skiing. And our our plan was a guy's plan. It's like, okay, guys, we'll get up when we get up. Well, how long do you want to ski? A couple hours. Perfect. And then what? Okay. And then we'll go to the brunch. Okay. And then we'll go have massages. Perfect. And then we'll go grab something to eat. Perfect. So we get there and that's exactly what happens. And and before we go out, it's like, what, what do you feel like eating? I don't care. How about Italian? Perfect. <laughs> right? That's, that's how the whole trip went. Yeah. And we were so excited by it that we told our wives, we have got to go as couples. Right? <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> So we go there, we get one big suite for all of us, right? With no plan. No plan, yeah, other right, than, right. you know, we thought we'd relive the halcyon days of our trip, right? right? right. So we get there, and it's like, uh, okay, so what are we going to do about skiing? One person's like, I'm getting on the, as soon as the things open, I'm there. First try. Another one's like, I don't know, I'm a little sore today. And then somebody else is like, I don't know, maybe an hour or two I'll ski? Oh, okay, well, <laughs> we can arrange that. And then when it came to massages, I don't really want a massage, okay? Uh, the, the key was at, at dinner time. And it was the same conversation. So what do you guys feel like eating? I don't care. All the wives, I don't care. Okay, well, we went to this great Italian place. One wife, I don't want Italian. <laughs> and that's how the rest of the trip went. Nobody could agree on And it. nobody could agree on anything. And it was such a contrast between guys just saying, whatever, we're, we're just palling around. Right. And going out with the wives and stuff. It, it's a different experience. And that's why... I do think it's important for guys to do that. I love traveling with my wife and stuff. Jerk it in your arms. But but it's a different thing. And like you say, it does give you the opportunity to open up, you know, because you've had a few drinks right. and you're relaxed and you can say, you know, and this has been going on. And you away from the, the real world. Right. And it's just your, your buddies. My buddy I mentioned that lives in Phoenix, we went on a golf trip one time through Northern California uh, and, and, and uh, Truckee and that whole area by, in the Sierras. And we went one uh, night, we pulled in how we had no plan. We didn't have, we knew what courses we wanted to play. And we had a couple of tea times set up, but we didn't know where we were staying at night. We were just staying in cheap motels. We pull into this town, this tiny town, I can't even remember the name of it, and find this motel. And as we arrived, there's a sign that said, uh, racing tonight. And I went, oh, perfect. We're going to the racing. So we show up at this uh, strip with guys racing grandstands and everything else low end you know right but fun to watch so we're just eating hot dogs and and, and food and we started laughing because they were doing con uh, contest and throwing t-shirts in the crowd and i looked over and i said if, there's, if they do a contest point to the two people who don't look that like they belong we look like two square fbi agents <laughs> sitting in the stands <laughs> Uh, but we had the time of yep. our lives yep. because it was just the two of us. And your wives would never have gone for that. Well, you wouldn't feel comfortable thinking right, about right, 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 right. You know, it was horrible right. food, but yeah. we didn't care. Right. It was, you know, mediocre entertainment, yeah. but we didn't care. We thought it was fantastic, yeah. you know, and, and it was, I think that's so important for us as men to do. Yeah. And and I think it it, it improves your outlook. It improves your mental health. It's plain fun. And I think right. one of the other keys to happiness for guys, um, I suspect you guys might be like this too. I know I am with my brothers. One of the, I'm really close with my three siblings, one sister and two brothers. We talk every day. And we play endlessly. One of the things that I wish kids got to do now is be outside. Right. They're never outside. Remember when we were kids, you had to jump out of the way of cars in the neighborhood. Right. Well, you, you never see kids on the street anymore playing. No, no kid does that. They're all inside. One of the things that I think is so important for grown men to do, especially as you get in your 50s, how many times have you seen grown men that seem awfully dour? And you can't even imagine them as boys. Did right. you ever play and laugh? Right, yeah. I mean, what right. happened to that boy yeah. inside? Yeah, exactly. That I, you guys could talk me into playing kick the can with you now right or we could i could throw frisbees we could go play hide and dodgeball seriously oh, at yeah. this age I, yeah. I think it's important for men to stay in touch with yep their boyhood yep right that sense of adventure that huckleberry finn idea yeah uh that tom sawyer sense of, of play 
and imagination. Or well, we drones. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got a drone? What kind? Okay, I just got it. Okay, so yeah. isn't this great? Yeah. We're yeah. taking me an idea. My oldest son <laughs> gave me for Christmas last year a phenomenal gift. It's over there. This incredibly cool, very realistic lightsaber. Yeah. So I can play Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I do. You know, I think that. <laughs> Honey, look at this. You know, being silly is important. And I yeah. think too yeah. many men. Yeah seem to grow out of that yeah and 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 don't feel comfortable doing it anymore yeah. right and i feel i feel badly for those well and that's why our motto is live life live young yeah. it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean you're not old it just means you know you may be chronologically old but you don't have to walk around with your pants up to <laughs> here you know and uh you know just sit around watching tv Get out there and do the right, same stuff exactly. you did when you were younger. Yeah. Just be careful. Yeah, be, yeah. Exactly. you got to be careful. Be careful. Yeah. And not just physically do the same things you do. Mentally right. go to those places. Right. And right. have that attitude uh, of, of youthfulness and right. optimism. It's easier said than done. But I, I, I know so many men that don't really giggle or laugh or don't crack a smile. You can't really tell a joke to. Or they, they're not playful. Right, right, right. And surely they must have been when they were kids. Right, right. You think? You, yeah, we didn't think. Maybe All the were. men I know that I'm close with, we, we tend to have that attitude, yeah. and um, I think they're all happier people as a result of that. A very important poem by me. Is your thing getting limp? Do you feel like a blimp? Are you getting those stares because you have nose and ear hairs? Do you want to be bold, but you think you're too old? Well, come to menopause.com because it's really, uh, wait for it, the bomb. For men over 50, it's cool and it's nifty. For humor and for sex, for dealing with the ex, for helping and giving so others keep living. For new friends and travel before God drops the gavel. Manopause.com is the new place to be. Check it out, and you'll like what you see. Manopause.com. That really is profound. So what would you tell somebody? I mean, because that's, that's another thing is that we're blessed, you know, uh, being at a certain success and socioeconomic level. But, I mean, there are people who have worked regular kind of jobs, you know, throughout their lives. And they're thinking, well, yeah, sure, those guys can go here and can go there, but I can't. I might as well just, you know, stay at home. And, and I think, I think you know, it, it's not so much about what you're doing. It's the fact that you're doing. And like we talked about... And it's your attitude, how you right, approach right, 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 right. I mean, it's like if, if, you, if you love soccer, join a, a, you know, neighborhood soccer league yeah. of guys or, or go watch soccer or do something mm -hmm. that just kind of brings that energy back. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to push it. doesn't matter if you're worth $100 million or $100,000, you can still be young, you know, and do young stuff. Young at heart, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? Your socioeconomic status doesn't have to control your happiness. It's an empty bag if you're chasing it, that. Yes. Right. If you're chasing that, right. I know I know, I know people who, who have been so focused on that, and then we get to that point, we're we still not right. They're still not happy. Yeah. It's right. a moving target yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the other keys for me, and I think men can really think about, is we've all been fortunate, but I promise you, I promise you, you know, I like doing well, and I like my career. I've had a wonderful career in broadcasting, and I have traveled the country and the world and done some remarkable things, and it's been a great privilege. But if they fire me tomorrow, and I work in TV, and they might. Right. You never know. <laughs> you never know. And I ended up working at the restaurant down the street. I might not be content. I used to work at a restaurant, bus tables, manage, supervise, short order, cook the whole job for years. I might not be content to stay at the restaurant, because I would aspire to do other things, but I promise you, I'd be, if not the best, one of the best employees right. they had, with one of the best attitudes. Right. Because yep. you got to be a happy person no matter what. Yeah. And, and and you know, I I you'll see sometimes people working in certain environments and they're not happy and they're not. And I think you know, if you don't think you can be, if if you can't be the bank teller with a good, why do you think you can be the bank president? Right. 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 That's right. right. I mean, you, you, you've had a storied career. I mean, 27 years with ABC, anchoring the news, 
Um, you've interviewed presidents and celebrities and rock stars. And, and, us. and, and, and you no, no, well, you just blew my line. Um, <laughs> but you haven't interviewed us. <laughs> so, and I'm still, you're interviewing me. That's I'm, right. So, well, um, actually, you did interview us on the well, radio. That's true. Uh, that's, that's, right. that's a good point. Oh, yes. radio. You forgot already? Menopause. Yeah. So, but do you fear not being relevant? Do you personally, Dan Ashley, fear? What if they don't like me anymore? What you know, if people are tired of you, me? That's such a good question. That's a really great question. I think that haunts a lot of men as we get older. Mm -hmm. What have I left behind? I still want to be in the game. Right. You know, these younger guys are nipping at my heels. It, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, I probably felt more like that in my 40s. My 50s, not so much. I, I you know, I, I love my career. I'm committed to my career. But I don't have anything to prove to myself. Um, I just want to continue to thrive and do well. I don't fear that, actually. And I know a lot of guys do. You know, I don't fear the idea that, well, you'll walk away one day and then guess what? You're not the person you used to be. Well, you are. I just do something else. I think that part of that is an attitude that you have to adopt or try to reconcile within yourself. So I actually don't, but I understand it. You know, I, I suppose, uh, you know, all I would want is for somebody to say, no, I mean, guy did a good job. He's a nice guy, did a good job. Yep. That's fine. You know, mm -hmm. I, that, that's about all I need. I need. And, and, mm -hmm. and as long as people feel I treated them well, that's more important to me than anything else. And just have, have, you know, have that sense. But I don't fear it. But I understand a lot of people. A lot of men do. Oh, sure. It's, um, it's prevalent in medicine. Yeah. I mean, I, there are a bunch of old doctors that hang around, especially surgeons, Longer than they should, and it's because they can't give it up. It's, they can't give it up because they're they're not John Smith, they're Doctor John Smith. Right, right. And when the doctor goes away, they don't know who they are. Right. And so you know, for me, I want to leave the profession when everybody's like, "What? You're retiring? Oh my God!" Instead of, "Oh good, he's retiring." You right. know what I mean? Right. Right. Leave him right. wanting more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that's why we have other things in our lives. That we're going to be pursuing but a lot of people whether you're a doctor or, or no matter what you do if you don't have those outside interests that again go back to the whole idea of being young and being playful and all this mm -hmm. you know when you get home from work you shouldn't just be thinking about to work tomorrow right. you should be doing stuff go out and play ball or do something all work or no play makes exactly job. exactly boy. and not only mm -hmm. a dull boy less effective at your job correct you That's know right. a happy well-adjusted balanced person is much more effective in every walk of life. Yeah. And the other thing I think that I would encourage all of us men to do, and I've always been one of these guys that likes and eats hobbies, activities, interests, whether it's golf. And I, for years, very passionate golfer. I still play a little bit, but and I mean to get back to it, but I was that was something I really focused on. Now I spend a lot of time doing music, of course, philanthropy. Right. Um, you know, there's the telescope there. I enjoy learning about the cosmos. I think it's important that whether you collect stamps or you play tennis or you focus on working out, have something that occupies yep. your mind and ignites a passion. Right. Collect, right. Put model trains together, whatever it is. Like you Rod still Stewart. do it. Rod Stewart stamp collection, right? I, yeah. Stamps? Yeah, I licked them all, though. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, you get sick from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not very... But I think that's really important, yeah. you know, for guys to have yes. interests yeah. outside their work. Uh, especially as we get older into yeah. our 50s because, you know, hey, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, you're building your career. That's what you're focused on. That's job work. Right. And one of the sayings I love is, and it's the key to be successful in your business or, or even your personal life in, in any in any asset, uh, aspect of your life. The main thing, good Southern saying, by the way, the main thing... Wait, wait, wait. Say it with a Southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. There you go. I love that. Don't take your eye off the ball. Yeah. And yeah. there's another line that I that I like that you'll appreciate that because our focus in life changes as we age as men. And you get more perspective in your 50s and your 60s that you didn't really have. You had plenty of ambition and drive in your 20s and 30s, which you know you may not have as much in your 50s and 60s. So right. everything in it has a place in life. But the line I like is, you know, the you have to understand this as a man, you know, in your, and as this applies to women too, but in your 20s, you're convinced 
that they're talking about you at work and you're worried. I mean, this is critical. My career, I'm trying to get it going. Right, you're right. In your 30s, you know they're talking about you, but you know, I have a family now. I've got some other things to think about, but boy, I, I got to make sure what they're talking about me favorably because my career is building. In your 40s, you know they're talking about you, but you don't care quite as much, mm -hmm. you know, right. what they're saying. In your 50s, you <laughs> yeah. couldn't care less what they're saying yeah. about you. And in your 60s, you realize they were never talking about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not that interesting. <laughs> I, I always walk around the office saying, we're the guys the other guys you're talking about when they're talking about the other guys. <laughs> that's our competitor, right? Right, right. that's exactly They're it. talking about us. So, that's so true. Yeah. But you have some other great sayings that are motivating. Some of the oh, things gosh. that you say to the kids. You know, when I do a lot of speaking to right. adults and right. to kids, mostly to adults, but often to kids. And, I, you know, things resonate with me that I try never to forget because they can be guideposts and they can be motivating. One of the ones, uh, I just heard one the other day that I really liked uh, about achievement and about uh, going the, you know, working harder and going above and beyond. And that is, there's no traffic on the extra mile. Love that. Yeah, it's great. so true. And I always tell young people, particularly, you want to do well, do 10% more than everyone else. You want to be a rock star, do 50% more because no one does anything. And you want to stand out. And, and you know, I, I believe in that. I, I yeah. you know, I, I always will do whatever it takes to get it done. And, and that's, I think that's important. Give me the job that's the hardest one that no one wants. I'll be glad to do it. So, next 10 years, there's going to be a lot of changes in your life, right? Um, where do you want to be at the end of that 10 years? Alive. Okay. <laughs> It'll be your 19th <laughs> birthday <laughs> after 49. Yeah, yeah. 19th yeah. anniversary of yeah. 49. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, I, and what's interesting is you think more about that now yeah. than we did. You know, nobody said in your 20s, where, where do you want to be when you're 35? Right. You know, I don't know. It's 100 yeah. years from now. Exactly. Right. You know, now, guys, at our age, all of us in, in menopause, yeah. uh, we, we've got another good line. We have plenty of time, but none to waste. That's right. 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 So yeah. you want to make mm -hmm. the most of the opportunities that you have, the ambitions that you have, whatever it is that you want to pursue in life. So for me, you know, I, I intend to continue to con work as a journalist, and which I love, and, and I work for an amazing television station, some truly dedicated and talented people. So I want to continue to thrive in that environment. I want to continue to have fun with music. I want to really accelerate uh, the philanthropic things that I do. I want to travel a bit more and I want to prepare for the next stage in life when my wife and I are really free. She has a law firm she, when she's no longer doing that to travel, to uh, you know, enjoy life, play tennis, exercise, do all the things that you want to do and, right. and have a rich life after work, after my career, never looking back, yeah, that's right. only looking forward, yep. knowing I left it all on the floor and now it's time to have fun. And the last thing that I, you know, I would say that I just went through and men at our age need to deal with health issues, mm -hmm. watch your weight, mm -hmm. you know, keep Type 2 diabetes is rampant, you know, pay mm. attention to your risks for that. But also, I just had a heart scan. I thought, you know what? My father had a heart attack about a dozen years ago. Bad when he survived it. He's alive today at 88 and doing wow. well. He's mm. a physician. He was a doctor and yeah. uh, epidemiologist. Doing great. You'd think he's 60 in terms, 65 in terms of the way wow. he moves. Um, but I, I got checked back then. And I was fine. And I got checked recently to make sure, do I have any calcium built? Right, right, right. Fortunately, I don't. I'm in great shape. Well, now I said this sense of responsibility for the next 10 years. Hey, this is fortunate. Don't, don't tip the it, other right. end. Don't blow it. <laughs> uh, because the key to a happy retirement is being alive yep. for your retirement. Yeah. So I would just encourage guys to, it's easy for us to blow off our health. Especially if nothing seems to be wrong. Pay attention to that because now we're starting to play for keeps and 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 you want to move yep. into your 60s and 70s in, in as healthy a, a place as you possibly well, can. I, think, I, I think the key thing what you were saying is, you know, we still have time, but we can't waste any. We have yeah. none to waste. And I think that's really important is that you can't, you know, keep saying, well, we'll get to that. We're, you know, I'll, I'll start this, 
you know, next year or the year I'm after. I'm going to lose that like, 10 pounds next year. Yeah, do it, do it now. Do it now. If you, if you have a passion and you want to be a forest ranger, you know, a volunteer, go do it. Right. You know, do stuff now because we're not. Nobody's promised additional time. And, and challenge yourself. Right. Challenge yeah. yourself. I mm-hmm. think that's right. a great point, mm-hmm. Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I take on something that's difficult. You know, whatever that is. Mm, learn starting a website, maybe. Or <laughs> learn French. Learn to, yeah. you know, to build or fly French. the hands. drone. Or fly the drone. I the drone sat there for two weeks, and I walked into my office and I said, "Today is the day." Where's my? Where are my kids? They they they're not around to help me line it up. So I challenged myself to set it up and fly it. And an hour later, I said to my wife, "Stand out on the balcony, watch what's coming." And I wow. flew all the way around the house and right there on the balcony, eye to eye with her, and she was freaking out. She thought it was the greatest thing. And Good for you. It was great. Yeah, because you know what? a 15-year-old kid hour. would do that in 10 seconds, right? Right. It's harder for us to figure Correct. out. Correct. But I you. figured it out, yeah. and I have fun with it, and I can't wait to go spy on Larry. <laughs> He's weird that way. <laughs> <laughs> I have the gate code to your house. So you know, I, think, I think the menopause years really, in, in most ways, can be the best years yep. of our lives. Yeah. If we choose yes. to make them yeah. the best years Yes, of our I agree. And make those I decisions. Agree. They yeah, because, really yeah, you know, you don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> and, right, you don't care what anybody says about you or anything like that because you are what you are. You've got this life experience, and you kind of know who you are, hopefully, and what you want out of life. And so you just go for it. But the key is taking the step to go for it. Absolutely. Like people are still timid or afraid or, I can't, or you got to just go for it. What do you got to lose? Right. Nothing. And, right. You know, and... and uh, Time, life is short and getting short. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember when I was, I don't know, in my thirties. You know, uh, you would see someone uh, on a movie star, someone who's in their seventies or eighties, and someone would very invariably ask them, "If you could go back, would you go back? Or what are the best years of life? Oh, right now, these are the best years. You know, and it's, it's an old person, <laughs> right? Right. It's an, and I didn't believe that. Right. I, right. You wouldn't go back. I didn't believe it. How could you possibly want to? How could this be the best time of your life? Because I'm here. I believe it. Right. Yeah. If you ask me when the happiest, best time of my life, right now. Yep. And I'm not, no BS. It is. Yeah. And and I think having that sense that, hey, tomorrow I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to see something that I didn't see before. I'm going to meet somebody. Never know, you know, you might meet your next best friend. Right. If you're open to those experiences in the future. Mm hmm. You every you have a reason to be optimistic, not look back and be nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Look forward and be optimistic yeah. that, that happiness, more yeah. happiness, continues to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us, I mean, it's been we we've met so many cool people just by reaching out. You know, uh, one of my idols when I was growing up was Mark Farner with Grand Funk Railroad, and I just reached out to his publicist. We did a podcast with him. So we know the guy now, and he invited us to come out and visit him in Michigan. And it's like, you know, what, what did that take? All it took was us asking. Right, right. All you do is say no. Yeah, let's, just do? let's just do it, yeah, right? Totally. Same thing with you. I mean, it was sort of incidental that, that we made contact, but here we are talking to you, and, you know, we consider you a friend now. And, and you We got, begged you. I you mean, know? we did be- beg your publicist, and they finally said, <laughs> all right. Once you got through all my layers yeah. of people. Right, right, right. 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 Um, you know, you just, you got to open yourself up to meeting new people. Absolutely. And, and that makes your life even more interesting because it's not just the same old group. It's not just, you know, hanging around your house. It's getting out there, learning about other people and maybe picking up some habits or some fun tips from them and maybe going on trips and stuff. Right. There's a lot of cool stuff when you get out there and meet people. You have to, you're right. You have to be curious. Right. You have a young person's curious heart right. and want right. to learn. Right. You know, one thing I'll share that that might be interesting, and I I talk about this when I give talks, face your fears, face things that are challenging for you. Years ago, you know, I grew up around music and and sang in the choir when I was a little kid. And when my voice changed, I never really sang again. And I didn't sing in the choir anymore. And over the years, uh, I, I sang less and less and less and less. And, you know, I've been in public my entire adult life. You know, my, uh, my heart rate doesn't blow up. I can, you can tell me to go out and there's a million people standing in the square and I can go talk to them. 
be fine. But 10, 11, 12 years ago, I wouldn't sing happy birthday to you guys. Just oh, quiet. Really? Hmm. I developed a bit of a phobia. So mm -hmm. if I'm at a sporting event and they're singing the national anthem, I mouth the words. We're singing happy birthday. <laughs> In church, I just mouth the words. You should I, probably do that. I, <laughs> a lot Instead of us should. Of singing. But I really did. Have, and I realized one day, God, that's... I need to get over that. I'm a grown man. I shouldn't be really that self-conscious, especially, you know, doing what I Since do. Since nobody's paying you to listen to you. Right. <laughs> so I started taking lessons with no intention or ambition to sing in public, just to get over that fear. Right. Well, one thing led to another. Boom. I really found way I can do this. I enjoy it. And I got over that fear. The first time I sang in public, there were... Four thousand. Oh no! I'm sorry. The first time was a little band launch party a dozen years ago that we had here, and there were like hundred people, and I was a bit nervous. A few couple songs in, I suddenly got this rush of insecurity. It never happens to me. I'm in public all the time. Right. Almost fainted. You couldn't tell. You wouldn't wow. know. But it, I, I thought, yes, you're making a fool of yourself. Stop. <laughs> that doesn't that never happen. What a weird feeling. Wow. Uh, a week, ten days later, we were performing in front of a. 4,000 The same thing happened a few songs in. Not, but not as bad. But this literally lightheaded world, this is really a mistake. And after that, never happened again. Now I can't wait to go sing because I feel like, well, it's just like going to speak to them. It's right, what, I, right. what I do. But fast forward a few years from being phobic about singing to singing the national anthem in front of 20,000 people on a Saturday night at a Warriors game. Oh, and talk about overcoming a fear. Yeah. You know, that was a big moment. I was nervous, but interestingly enough, I wasn't nervous that I'm going to make a mistake. I'll be on YouTube and they'll make fun of me. What I didn't want to do is kind of let the side down. You're looking at the color guard and Steph Curry right. and this whole production. I don't want to be the weak link because I don't want to. Don't pull a Carl Lewis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to. And it wasn't about me, interestingly. It might have been years ago, but in your 50s, it's less about me looking foolish. I can take looking foolish, whatever. You know, you're not gonna, they don't take you out back and shoot you. <laughs> but, but it was about, hey, I want to hold up my side right. here mm -hmm. and, and not be the weak link for them. I don't want to mess it up for them. Right. So how'd you do? Well, I did pretty well. I had a horrible cold that day I woke up with, unfortunately, which is not the greatest thing when you're going to sing the National Anthem a cappella. But I got through it, did a pretty good job. And what I realized, you know, face your fears, life is an adventure. And had I not been willing to do that, I would have missed the experience of singing the National Anthem wow. in yeah. front of a This, this has been unbelievable. Thank you for your time. Thanks for hosting. you got to give us a tour of the guitars. We'll be looking at that soon. And it's just been great. So thank you so much for, for allowing us to come into your home. Mike, Larry, I'm thrilled to be a part of Manipause and be on the podcast. And uh, thanks for coming. Great. Thanks, thanks Dan. We'll do this again. Yeah, please. Thanks.